Hello and welcome to the AFPT Comics Podcast, episode 208-208, or as Vanilla Ice would say, 28208. <laughs> yeah, we we've, we've just spent a lot of time on Ice's Wikipedia page, didn't we? Uh, right before we started recording. Yeah, to give the listeners a little background on how we prepare for this show. We, yeah. uh, we do deep dives on things that have nothing to do with comics. That is so true. Like, we spend a lot of time, right before we record, going on weird Wikipedia rabbit holes and then yeah. being like, anyway, yeah. uh, oh, oh, fuck, uh, record. Like, <laughs> Exactly, yeah. We're like, you know what? It's We've been here for about an hour and uh-huh. it's getting late. We got we to gotta record this eventually. Absolutely. And, and what, what a what a wonderful gloomy Thursday evening it is as we record this a little little bit ahead of time. Yeah, I know we've uh, I think all told two hundred eight episodes we've recorded on Thursday maybe like four times ever. It's yeah. pretty rare in part because there usually is some comics news on Fridays, but right. uh, this week due to scheduling conflicts sure. we must record a little early. But we need to deliver you an episode because like it says on the feature image, yeah, every Sunday, every we, Sunday we hold to that. And you know what? There was plenty of news in the first chunk of the week. Good Lord, so much news. Uh, last week, I think DC Comics dominated, but this week, Marvel was like, eh, 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 and they were wagging their finger. <laughs> and they were Not like, we're so coming fast. in hot. Yeah. We're coming hot with X-Men news galore. Yeah, lots uh, of X-Men there's actually, news. There's so much X-Men news. I was like, does anyone in the, the publicity department realize like some of this news is just going to like, you know, totally shadow the other news so then people are going to forget what Maybe. other news is. And they're going to require podcasts to get on the air and, and help people understand. Yeah, that's why we're recording on Thursday. We're like, oh, no, it's <laughs> I, it's X-Men Thursday. Exactly. Ex- oh, X-Men Thursday. Maybe we could do a rename. Yeah. I hope Chris Hassan is okay with that since X-Men Monday is his pride and joy. Right. Well, what does he think about Before the Fall? Well, you know, I haven't gotten his uh, his exact, uh, you know, written testimony on this okay, yet, so sure. I can't say. Okay. <laughs> but Before the Fall, yes, was announced. It's a series of one-shots uh-huh. that will be leading to Fall of X, uh, the big summer X-Men event, but also right. tying up plot lines. That last bit is the part that's really getting me interested and excited because sure. there have been many plot lines, and I'm talking many, that so were much. set up during, you know, Hawks and Pox even. So uh-huh. we're talking years ongoing. That are going to get wrapped up, which yeah. makes me think we are hitting a moment where we're going to get a whole new era in a sense. Oh, yeah. I mean, Fall of X dares to ask the question, can Krakoa last forever? <laughs> they need to get one of those uh, those those things around their neck so if they uh-huh. fall and they can't get up, they can get help. What's this now? Oh, one of the, okay, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know those commercials in the 90s? Uh-huh. I've, I've, I've fallen. fallen and I can't get up. Absolutely. Uh, so they need those. There are uh, four one-shots. One is called X-Men Before the Fall, Heralds of Apocalypse by yeah. Al Ewing and Luca Pizzari. There is uh, another X-Men Before the Fall, Mutant First Strike like yeah. by Steve Orlando and Va- Valentina Pintini. Pinti. And then there is X-Men Before the Fall, Sinister Four number one. Uh-huh. By Kieran Gillen and Paco Medina. And there's one more I didn't say. X-Men Sons of X. Before the Fall, Sons of X by Cy Spurrier and Phil Noto. Yeah, and, and yeah, all of these are sort of focusing on, uh, you know, characters on Krakoa who have gotten, a, you know, quite a bit of spotlight in the last few years. Like, we're, the fact that Cy Spurrier is writing a very Nightcrawler-focused uh, one-shot makes me think mm. that we're wrapping up a few years' worth of storylines here. It's exciting to know Apocalypse is coming back too. He's been gone yeah. since Ten of Swords, right? 
uh, and you know, in a in a peaceful mission, we think uh, mm-hmm. to go to other world and figure things out. And I almost thought he was going to be the head of the Fall of X event. You know, he was going to be the one. Sure. And maybe he still could be. Maybe this is just a lead-in, but we'll find out later. Uh, very curious about Sinister Four as well, because this, uh, you know, th- this solicit, I feel like, kind of spoils a little bit more of Sins of Sinister, but maybe it doesn't. Yes. All four Sinisters have been unmasked. I didn't even know there were four. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're so right. That's the problem with solicits sometimes. Yeah. But still, some very exciting stuff uh, and, you know, it, all ramping up into Fall of X, which I, I think is going to be a really, really big deal. Someone in our AIPT Discord, which you can uh-huh. join if you join our patron, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> they had offered the question, wait, why aren't these just in the regular books? Why are these special one-shots? Great question. My answer to him was, well, it sells better if it's a group of one-shots rather than just That's true. ongoing series. So now people who aren't reading those books will go pick these up, probably. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it it also just seems like sort of side story stuff to, to kind of get us into Fall of X. But yeah, we'll see. We will see. We'll also see who wins the Marvel vote. Uh, The nominees were announced this week. Unfortunately, when you listen to this, the voting has already ended. Uh Uh, February 3rd was the last day you could vote. And the nominees are... Cannonball. (laughs) I so want to go like on like Oscars or something or like, you know, be up there on the stage. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. You're going to read Cannonball. Dazzler. I sound like Mr. Movie Phone. <laughs> Frenzy. Imagine, imagine there are like animations going. <laughs> Jubilee. Juggernaut. Prodigy. It's a good crop. It's a good did you vote? crop. Uh, no, I did not. <laughs> I should. Okay, because I, if I've you still got did. Time. I've still got time as we're recording this. Like legally, you don't have to say. it's. I mean, that's like a whole government thing. Sure. Right. <laughs> I uh, I keep saying this over every single format of internet, Reddit, uh-huh. Twitter. I I have a feeling Jubilee's going to win. She's the most sure. famous because of the X Men animated series. She's right. a really good character in Marvel Snap. Yeah, <laughs> and um, she's lovable. I don't know. Dana Gatecrashers is making some pretty strong cases for Juggernaut. So I mean, how how chaotic would that be to throw Juggernaut on the team? It would be, especially since he's not a mutant, right? I also I love me some Dazzler. I I don't know. This is a this is a good yeah. good group of folks, but uh, yeah, I I mean, my heart will always belong to Jubilee. Oh, wasn't that a Celine Dion song? <laughs> That's true. Yes, <laughs> um, it, it it feels like this came up so fast, right? Like I can't believe we're already doing the X Men vote. Yeah, I mean, every year, it's, how many issues come out, right? And right. How often, how many issues are like focused on the winner? Like this year, we I had know, the X Men yeah. annual to focus on Firestar, but it feels like I've barely seen her on the team. But that's also because of events taking over. Uh, yes, a ton of events. And then whenever we do get her on, you know, as a focus, a lot of her storyline has just been like, I shouldn't even fucking be here. Like, <laughs> like it's so weird to me. That's funny. Yeah. Um, and I love Firestar, but yeah, it's uh, I've been a little underwhelmed by her tenure on the X Men. Long-time listeners know that you used to be in a band, sure. a successful one. Uh-huh. You've got records labels underneath you. You're sitting on record labels right now. I, right now, currently. That's that's yeah. how I'm reaching the microphone, yeah. <laughs> you have connections. <laughs> I plead with you, Nathan, please. Uh-huh. Can you please contact Taylor Swift and get her to get everyone else to vote for Dazzler? Of course. I'll do my best. I, I thought you were going to say, I would, you know, if I... 
if I had those kind of connections, I would have gotten in contact with Dazzler years ago. She's my favorite musician. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, people have been <laughs> saying for years they want Taylor to play her in the, the MCU. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. I, that's the weirdest. There's a thing that's going around on, on Twitter right now, but it's just so strange when people are like, someone kind of looks like a character, so they're <laughs> right, the best right. possible casting. Oh, that person couldn't play Gene. They don't have red hair. <laughs> well, it's like that. There's that that great interview with Brian Cranston where he says, like, someone's like, what do you think about all the people who want you to play Lex Luthor? And he says, I think they thought for 30 seconds about who they've seen <laughs> be bald and angry in television. It's so true. It's so true. That's unfortunate, too. Uh-huh. Um, in our next X-Men news, yes, that's yeah. right, X-Men Thursday, which is listened to on Sundays. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the Marvel Multiverse role-playing game, which has not yet been released, by the way. That's right. They yeah. announced a new expansion for the X-Men. No one saw this coming. No one thought they'd ever do an X-Men expansion. Right. I say with sarcasm. We can get it It's next coming year. out in 2024, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Finally, that is sort a of. long way away. So we're going to get a, an expansion called the Cataclysm of Kang, which was already announced coming yes. late to 2023. And then this is coming after. But <laughs> I don't know. Is the gaming world different than like comics or movies? Do you have to announce things like this far, this in, advance? far in advance? I don't know. I, it, it is very funny to me that it's literally a press release post, you know, dated January 2023 is like coming in 2024. Right. So and I don't know. What's interesting about these expansions too, though, is like they're not just for the game. Like they also have information about characters and stuff. So they yeah. they may serve as kind of like an encyclopedia or something to add to your library. Oh, I, sure. I haven't seen them yet in the flesh, of course. So I don't really know. But the way it, the solicit reads, it sounds like it, which is kind of cool. That is cool. Yeah. Our um, gaming editor Austin got to play the uh, role playing game. Okay. He got to look at the, the core rule book and try yeah. out the game. Uh, God, this was like last year, though, like months yeah. and months ago. But he was really excited about it, right? Yeah, he liked it. The way yeah. he said it was fairly easy to play and very uh, new, new player friendly. So, like, if mm-hmm. you're not super into tabletop stuff, like this will this is a good like gateway. Right. Which is me. Like, Marvel... I've always been fascinated yeah. by ga- by tabletop games, and I I've just never never taken the plunge. But uh, this might be the way to seems, do it. This just seems so high in some of these games, right? Like, the instructions are like freaking putting together a laundry machine. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm that guy at the party who like after two drinks, I don't want you to explain rules to a game to me. Like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm such a party pooper. Yeah. That's why you got to come prepared. You got to have the source book right. memorized. Yeah. <laughs> Nathan's 14 drinks in and he's like page 42. You're looking for page 42 <laughs> for rule number three. Whoa, he's so good. Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know all the rules, or you'll get hit with a haymaker. That's true. Or will it be X twenty three who gets hit with a haymaker? <laughs> Possibly. I said that crossing my arms. You can't see me, but that was. <laughs> I felt very cool uh-huh. saying it. Yeah. Anyway, of course. X twenty three Deadly Je- Regenesis is coming out again. This is another book that hasn't come out yet, but we're yeah. getting solicits for the third issue. Third issue, which will introduce. A villain called Haymaker, yeah. Right. A mysterious figure from Laura Kenny's past. Mm-hmm. There's a cool teaser image. Uh, if you go to aptcomics.com, of course, you can see it. Uh-huh. And there's a character, like, puppeteering X-23 and Haymaker, so they're fighting each other. Yeah, it's cool. I, I'm looking forward to this miniseries. Like I, that? Oh. 
God damn it, Siri. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I'm really looking forward to this miniseries, like sort of dropping back into Laura's past, uh, her assassin days and, and visiting like an unseen adventure. I, I really, I'm, I'm loving that Marvel's doing more of these. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we get the new Wolverine, but now yeah. we can still explore this era. And yeah, she was a very different character when she was more animalistic and a yeah, killer assassin, basically. Absolutely. The yeah. Utopia era, like when she was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Bit, bit harder to handle, I think. Do you suppose X-23 will ever fight an ape? Uh, I, I, I think, honestly, X-23 mm, yeah. could take on a whole planet of them. Really? A planet? Interesting. Yeah. I yeah, wonder yeah, if yeah. there's a property that could somehow cross over. Congo. Cross over, like one word. <laughs> Congo, yes! You know I loved Congo when I was growing up? Did you? I had HBO when I was little, so um, my, I watched yeah. that a lot. <laughs> my my friends at Not a Bomb podcast uh, covered Congo about a month or two ago, and yeah. it, it's one of the funniest podcast episodes I've listened to in a while. Oh like they God. are they are hysterically laughing by the end of it, and it's just what a terrible fucking movie. Amy, Amy, good good gorilla, <laughs> good good gorilla, ugly monkey, go away. <laughs> Speaking of ugly monkeys, in our next bit of news, <laughs> Marvel shed new light on the uh-huh. Planet of the Apes, the new series, the licensed series that's launching that's right. in April. Now, when I say shed new light, really, all we're really getting is David F. Walker talking a little bit about how much he loves Planet of the Apes, which is cool. Hey, good. Yeah. I, I mean, like, you want it to be written by somebody who who loves this property, right? Exactly. We also got a really cool cover by Joshua Casera uh-huh. with... Uh, uh, apes fighting humans, so we're getting like the early era of Planet yeah, of the Apes rise. As the as the virus is taking hold and wiping, you know, wiping out humanity, they just uh, humanity is a little more concerned with killing the apes instead. <laughs> uh, no offense to the artist who drew this, because it's not like it's a bad art. But oh, yeah. why are they jumping from the head of the Statue of Liberty? Why on earth would they be on the top of the Statue of Liberty jumping down on people? Well, here's the thing, Dave. Yes. It's fucking cool. <laughs> Maybe that's where their like lair is or headquarters. I hope so. I mean, I I love this cover. I I think this is really great. I'm I'm looking forward to this book too. I, uh, you know, Marvel Marvel's had the the Apes license for a minute now, and and I'm just excited that they're doing something kind of ambitious with it. Yeah, I'm really hopeful for it. I mean, Alien has had its ups and downs. Predator yeah. should be exciting. I mean, it has been exciting, and it's ongoing as well. Yeah. So. They've had have, recent uh, successes, and uh, it, yeah, it's and I think they're going to be re aren't they reprinting like a lot of the like seventies books as well? They are. They're doing omnibuses, just Hell like yeah. with Alien. I can't yeah. wait. That's going to be fun. I actually just got in the mail this uh, Aliens: The Original Years Epic Collection. Oh wow! It's coming out in March, but Very cool. uh, <laughs> I feel so uh, awkward with these because. This was printed by Dark Horse, uh-huh. and yeah. Marvel swoops in and just like rips off the Dark Horse like label licensing all this. It's our horse now. <laughs> <laughs> we ride at night. <laughs> Speaking of rides, uh-huh. Momoko's Demon Wars is ending with Demon Wars: Scarlet Sin. Number yeah, one. very. If you cool. don't know, this series is basically like a series of one shots. They're all connected loosely, yeah. but they can kind of tell the story uh, in their own each, each issue. Yeah. Momoko's art is just stunning as always this Japanese folklore inspired uh, retelling of civil war. Basically uh, it's yeah. been a blast. It's really great. I, you know, I've, I've complained a couple times in the past about the, the one shot format and how I think it right. kind of make it a little difficult to follow for readers who aren't picking up the solicits and figuring out what order they go in. Mm-hmm. But uh, 
look, if you if you grab the uh, the collection of the 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 previous uh, Demon Days series, uh, go go grab these. Like this is such a this is such a cool retelling of classic Marvel stories. And Momoko's artwork is incredible. Uh, she's pulling from really interesting uh, bits of uh, Japanese folklore and mythology. Uh, if you've ever wanted to see a, a, a yokai swallow a, an Iron Man looking samurai, it's this is your book. <laughs> yeah, she talks a little bit in the press release about what went into designing the Scarlet Witch character. Yes, yeah, which is focused uh, exclusively on her anger and betrayal. Uh, so which she, is so smart. Yeah, yeah. So she built her around this idea of the Hanya, uh-huh. uh, which is a, a character in Japan. Uh, in no theater to represent a woman's anger and jealousy and the vengeful right. spirits turn her into a demon. I love it. Poor I'm so, I'm so excited to see how this, this story uh, closes. Speaking of closing stories, everyone yeah. hated star Wars battlefront too, but now it's coming to comics. Boy, howdy. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah. And hopefully you don't have to like pay extra to like open the book, uh, <laughs> you know, another fee to like turn the page. Oh, you want to go back a page? That's an extra five cents. Sorry, man. Yeah, you. if you want to respect the book. <laughs> uh, Ethan Sachs and Alessandro Maracolo are uh, uh-huh. bringing us Star Wars Bounty Hunters number 32. And this issue will actually introduce uh, a group that was in Battlefront 2. Yeah, the Inferno Squad. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with the Inferno Squad, but it sounds cool. Yeah, it, I mean, look, the the story mode of Battlefront 2, in my opinion, was like the best part of it. I, I know a lot of people will disagree. And unfortunately, yeah. like then Battlefront 2 literally charged people to find out the ending <laughs> via the DLC. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but it's uh, yeah, these are these are really interesting characters, and I'm curious to see how they slot into Marvel's uh, you know Marvel's continuity. Right. Yeah, it's cool to see a, a gaming kind of get looped in as well because yeah, it usually isn't gaming isn't usually looped in too often. No, and it's nice to know that like this sort of you know idea of a, a unified universe across media is actually possible which we'll be talking about in just a little bit with a different publisher but before we get there yes <laughs> wait hold on hold up get your expectations lower lower them down <laughs> but then get excited yes exactly don't lower your expectations because this sounds dope the giant kogju number one was announced by image comics i think yeah. i said that right uh I, jerry dugan possibly. And Scott Koblish, who have yes. teamed up multiple times over the last couple of years uh-huh. for mostly comedic purposes, yeah. which I will say this looks comedic as well. But and Kaiju, I think, yes. I think Scott might have actually been teasing this when we had him on the show last year. Like he Was said he? he had something bonkers coming up oh. that involved like giant monsters. Mm-hmm. I can't remember if that was on mic or not, but whatever. We know about it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a preview on amputeecoms.com, and there's a guy who's looking uh-huh. at a Geiger counter going crazy because there's a kaiju coming up out of the ocean. And, and he goes, huh, this season for a good fucking. So it gives you a sense of what we're in for. <laughs> yep. Uh, we're gonna They're going to build a, a giant robot to fight this horny kaiju (laughs) jerry dugan says i never wanted to see a kaiju's dick either but the last few years haven't been kind and we're making the best of it scott will make you laugh in one panel and bum you out in the next uh this sounds bonkers just like uh the other stuff that they've worked on together so it should be a fun time i love the word bonkers it's a good word would you name your child bonkers of course okay cool just checking 
I have this checklist here. I've been working on it <laughs> since sure. you became a mainstay on the podcast. Oh, thanks, man. I've got so many more to go, so buckle up. <laughs> In our next bit of news, which was exclusive on AAPT, yeah. a prestige series is coming called Arcade Kings from Skybound. Yeah. It's coming out May 2023, and it sounds rad. Let me just read to you the solicitor really quick. Please. Joe, a mysterious new face in Infinity City, has suddenly become the hottest new player at the Roundhouse Arcade. That's a cool name. Anyone can challenge him, but no one can win. Joe's secret pass is about to catch up to him when his most formidable challenge yet rolls into town, forcing Joe to combo his powers with joysticks, his fists, and his fighting family legacy. Yeah, that sounds fun. It looks uh, super colorful and exciting, very 80s arcade-inspired uh series uh comes to us from dylan burnett walter by monte and sarah Anton- antonellini uh yeah I, I i skybound doesn't miss I, as, as far as i'm concerned uh, yeah like i i and this looks like so much fun totally does yeah it has like a mango look to it doesn't it a little bit yeah i mean I, i've been playing a lot of like old school like beat-em-ups uh and like capcom like game arcade games and stuff lately and it yeah. just really gets has that vibe for me nice yeah yeah what would you say the vibe is for our next bit of news uh hype i think (laughs) if they can pull it off i am very optimistic so this is definitely comics adjacent sure but definitely the biggest entertainment news of the week yeah dc studios has announced its next 10 projects uh, run by uh james gunn and um peter saffron Peter Safran. And uh, so this is a mix of TV and movies. Uh-huh. And it had the Twitters ablaze. Yeah. Some yeah. of these things are familiar. Some of the things are brand new and a big surprise. Yeah. And some of them are continuing on things that we've built in the current DC universe, DC extended right. universe. And then, yeah, I, I think that we're going to start seeing some real game changers. But uh, man, look, you had me at Animated Creature Commandos series. <laughs> yeah, that looks crazy bonkers. It's a seven-episode animated series that was announced. Uh-huh. And uh, I, I, it's got to be adult-themed, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Um, we've got that coming. We've got uh, a, a TV series following Viola Davis' Amanda Waller, which is going yeah. to also include uh, characters from the Peacemaker TV series. Uh, that's gonna. That sounds like a lot of fun to me. Uh, especially because it involves Jeremy Carver as the showrunner or one of the co-showrunners uh, and Doom Patrol just got canceled. And so mm. the fact that the the creator of that series is going to continue on uh, with DC makes me very happy. James Gunn is very good at, I don't know if it's a good thing actually, but he replies <laughs> to people on Twitter a lot. It's both a blessing and a curse. Like there's times where I'm just like, man, you really don't have to like feed the trolls <laughs> right. at all. Exactly. Well, there's a guy who was like, wait a minute, how is there Waller? But also there's a reset on other things. And he replied and was like, it's kind of a spoiler, but he says in the new, in the next Flash movie, yeah, some things will be reset and some things won't. So that's right. how Waller will exist. Right. Which is fine. I, yeah. you know, I, I really don't care about the how or why. I'm just happy that we're going to continue on with new stories. And, um, you know, one of the things that's kind of held DC back over the years is this idea that like multiple versions of the same character can't exist in mass media. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like when the Suicide Squad, the first Suicide Squad movie came out, Arrow had to kill off their version of Deadshot. Right. Uh, you know, because they were just like, well, people will get confused. Uh, and that goes back right. years when uh, Justice League, uh, uh, Justice League Unlimited was on the air. 
they couldn't use any Batman villains because the Batman was on at that time. Like it was just really weird. Um, And here James Gunn is like, look, uh, Robert Pattinson can exist. And so can someone else as Batman in different movies. (laughs) Like, right. uh, right. Which makes me happy. It is kind of interesting though. He was also on record of saying like they had like multiple Supermans, you know, they had the Uh Krypton show or or Smallville show. Yeah. They had, you know, Reeves as Superman. They had other Superman. Uh-huh. And he literally, like, straight up says, it was a fucking mess. <laughs> yeah. He said, like, they were just, they just threw IP at the wall and let different right. people kind of run wild with it. And it helps to have, like, a unified vision, even if there are different versions of these characters. Like, you you should have a plan, right? Right. Right. Yeah. And so our plan also includes Superman Legacy, a version, uh, a new Superman story, not an origin. Right. Uh, James Gunn is writing this one and he's described his version of superman as this big galoot who would never hurt anybody and i love that yeah and it's about him balancing his kryptonian heritage with his human upbringing which which isn't necessarily new but if they're really Uh focusing on it it could be interesting yeah it is nice to know that superman is like at the center of their plans too as far as the you know the trinity Uh uh-huh because he's the only one that has a named movie if you don't count the batman sequel right yeah exactly uh, which is, you know, also just very nice to have the word Superman uh, in a title, in a movie title again, um, for a solo movie. Uh, Lanterns, a Green Lantern TV series following Hal Jordan and Jon Stewart. Uh, this one I'm very curious about because he's yeah. he's compared it to True Detective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Saffron says it's terrestrial based. So I'm like, are we just going to see them as cops? Like, I I don't know exactly what that's going to be. Right, yeah. They're probably hunting some sort of alien, right. but in street clothes or something, but they right. have the rings or something. Yeah, I, 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 so again, someone in our Discord was saying, like, I want, like, bright and, like, crazy cosmic lanterns. I don't want grungy detective right. lanterns. That's kind of what I was saying, was I want I want Grant Morrison's The Green Lantern. Like, right. I, and I think maybe if this can ride that line, which was so funny because when that series was originally announced, Morrison said, uh, this is my most stripped back work in a long time. It's just a cop drama with you know, in space. And right. by like issue four, Hal Jordan's <laughs> fighting God. <laughs> right. Yeah. Absurd, absurd stuff. I yeah. could see this being, uh, they went this direction because it's cheaper, of course, to do it in this sure. way. And that also allows them to inter- introduce ideas of the Green Lanterns mm-hmm. before they do do some big, insane three hundred million dollar movie. Right. So right. tactically, uh, it's a cool idea, I suppose. And they can save all that money for the Authority. <laughs> oh my God! I could not believe this was the one. I was like, "What yeah. are you doing?" Yeah. And James Gunn has said like this is like a passion project for him. Like he's been wanting to bring the Authority to the screen for the lo- for the longest time. If you're not aware, Authority was made by uh, Warren Ellis and Brian Hitch in the late 90s. Basically, it was, you know, an amazingly looking book about the Avengers, but they were assholes and they were violent. the Justice League. Yeah. Yeah, And and they were monsters. Yeah. Uh, And and sort of, you know, deconstructing superheroes and stuff. I will will go to bat for, look, I'm a huge Midnighter Apollo guy. Yeah. So getting those two to the big screen means everything to me. I just, yeah. I really hope that this is, it's so easy for a, uh, well, for a wild storm, anything, but especially the authority uh, coming to the big screen to be super edge lordy. Right. Yeah. And in a post 
you know, the boys being Amazon's biggest show, how yeah. it's difficult to imagine how it's going to set itself apart, even though the authority came first. Right. When I saw this news, I immediately thought, oh, they're trying to get the boys fans to come sure. watch this movie. Right. Something Saffron said that completely confused me about this was uh-huh. they are kind of like the Jack Nicholson of, in A Few Good Men. They know they that you want them on the wall, or at least they believe that. Uh-huh. What? Why is he bringing up a few good men of they're, all movies? I mean, movies? they're like they're very much the ends justify the means kind of guys. I guess that's that logic, but like sure. it's a weird connection to make for a big it is. superhero it is. movie. You know, it's like you know, I really think the um, the Batman sequel should have an Encino Man vibe. You know, well, just... look, I, I, <laughs> I have an issue anytime someone tries to use like a prestige picture and it, look, I'm not saying superhero movies can't be art. I love, yeah. I mean, I, I do this podcast every week. I love superheroes, right? But like, it, it, you know, I think anybody who says, uh, you know, the, the, the winter soldier, Captain America, the winter soldier is like the, you know, is a seventies spy thriller is out of their mind. Like it's not, it's yeah. super not. There are totally. spy elements, but it's not like, it, this is not. I don't know. It, it it's just very silly to me when people say like, you know, it's like a it's like a soda. It's like a like a peck and pop film, and it was like it's not a, like a pet. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, Reaching. I, yeah, I, but we'll see. I mean, they're they're both clearly passionate about this slate and and continuing on the things that are doing well. As you know, uh, we're getting Paradise Lost, a a, uh, a Wonder Woman prequel. Game of Thrones style, they say. That sounds great. Uh, yeah, political yeah. intrigue on Themyscira, absolutely. See, again, this is like a lead into Wonder Woman. If you establish yes. the world, and probably in a slightly cheaper way than a big superhero <laughs> movie, right? You can then have people believe in Wonder Woman and, and and have it be set up. Yeah, well, and the thing is, like, the first Wonder Woman has proven people will turn out for a Wonder Woman movie, and right. it is possible to make a great Wonder Woman movie. Wonder Woman 1984 proved that maybe we need to wait a little while before we do another Wonder Woman movie. So like, right. I, I don't, I mean, I, I, I don't actually believe that I think, <laughs> but, but I, I do think that maybe it's a good way to convince a, a studio exec, you know, like that there's still some gas in this tank. Right. Right. Um, and that's a TV show as well. So yes. Yeah. An HBO max series. There's also The Brave and the Bold, which has yeah. got a lot of people talking because it literally brings up Damian Wayne as an, yep. as being introduced in, in this film. And mm-hmm. again, another like very new uh, introduction to DC Comics, Can't relatively wait. speaking. Yeah, and, and, and an about time, honestly. I, there's a part of me that hopes that we're going to, you know, that the rug is going to get pulled out from under us and we're going to find out this is Dick Grayson and Damian Wayne. I don't know that that's what they'll do. But, yeah. uh, it, you know, I, the idea that this is taking a huge inspiration from Grant Morrison makes me, excuse me, makes me very happy. It, also, not to mention Superman Legacy, heavily inspired by All-Star Superman, according to Gunn. Right. Yep. So, yeah, he, he took a picture of, a, of the All-Star comic yes. a couple of weeks ago and tweeted about it. This is this is another thing that I, I have been really happy about is over the last couple of days, James Gunn has been sharing pictures of the comics that he is specifically like using for inspo. Right. And he's done like that uh, to me, that shows a willingness to, you know, uh, to, 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 to nod to these creators and these books. And because that's one of the things that's kind of been a bummer about the, the superhero movie boom, right. Is 
we get all these Avengers movies, there's never a poster that says, also, you should check out, you know, Spider-Man currently on the stands. Uh, So that, I don't know. That's been exciting. Say what you will about Black Adam, but Black Adam literally had marketing that said, also go read, you know, Hawkman by Robert Venditti or, you know, like, so that's really cool. It Um, is. Yeah. Also very cool. Booster gold, a television series. Didn't see that coming. Uh, one of my favorite, ca- I texted you that I couldn't talk about the embargo stuff yet, but I was <laughs> like, look, there's going to be a TV show announced today that I've waited my whole life to see. <laughs> and that's the one. I'm a big Booster Gold guy. What, what if they get John Hamm for this? Oh, that's interesting. I don't know who I'd want as Booster Gold. I Because uh, he's a loser from the future, but uh-huh. he has such high technology that he can still be a superhero. <laughs> he's basically Fletch. Right, exactly. Yes. <laughs> um, I I don't know. I you know one of the one of the sad things about Legends of Tomorrow being canceled is they finally introduced Donald Faison as Booster in like the last episode of the show. Right. Then he get to explore uh, and, it. Right. Exactly. Um, very excited about Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow. We we found out Tom King, the writer of this, is yeah. actually like actively being you know tasked with helping. James mm-hmm. Gunn plan things or write things. We don't know exactly yeah. what, but he's been doing this for months now. Yeah. Which is crazy to me. And and also crazy to me, Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow is super new. It literally yeah. just finished a few months ago. Yeah, uh, it, which is very exciting. I mean, we're going to get some wild fantasy visuals, uh, an angry, driven Supergirl. And this is going to be coming close to the end of this first chapter that they're calling Gods and Monsters, which is sort of what, you know, how they're doing these the phases for the new DCU and we're we're capping things off with Swamp Thing which is supposed to be right. a bona fide horror movie. That's going to be interesting to see on the big screen. Yeah. Yeah. This whole era or I don't know if you call it era but a chapter is called yeah. God and Monsters for a reason, right? Right. And it makes me wonder because mm-hmm. uh Gunn has said there's a couple of things that they can't talk about yet because even just the the name or the concept would spoil where they're going. But Swamp Thing, you know, especially during the Alan Moore run, which is apparently a a big focus uh, or a big inspiration for this series or for this movie, uh, is inextricably tied to Crisis, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I I feel like if you're trying to set up, you know, the spooky side of the DC universe and, you know, some universe ending shenanigans swamp things the one to do that in right yeah that's true yeah you could do a lot of interesting things uh connecting to the green (laughs) absolutely uh there's just there's a whole lot of stuff to be excited about you know we won't really know for sure how this is all going to play out for a a few years i mean superman legacy is not hitting theaters till 2025 but uh i'm very excited what makes me nervous what Warner Brothers and Discovery, I mean, they yeah. they just have trigger fingers, you know? <laughs> right. And, okay, we get these 10 projects announced. I mean, how many could actually be made and come out before they're like, no, stop it all, we need to that, start over? That's absolutely a, a worry, right? Um, yeah, I don't know. I... You know, there's there's been a couple of disappointments in this announcement. I mean, he he has said like Batgirl is he's not gonna they're not gonna rescue the Batgirl movie. Yeah. He, he mm-hmm. went as far as to say it was not releasable. Like it was in really bad shape. Like, right. <laughs> which is shocking to me uh, that that like it could get that far in production and they're just like this is. I mean, again, this is the studio that put out, you know, 
Suicide Squad. <laughs> right, right. So, like, what? I don't know. I don't know. We were it's... talking about that in Discord this week, too. And I, yeah. I postulized maybe, I'm just guessing, but, like, maybe the tone is, like, comedic one minute and not the next. Like, I, I like yeah. it to maybe, you remember how um, Solo, the Star Wars story. Sure. They had the guys from 21 Jump Street. And they reportedly had like sixty percent of the movie filmed. Yeah, before and they that's when they were Ron like Howard to redo it. Yeah, yeah, and they shut it down. And I guess I mean we don't know a lot about it, but there's a lot of rumors or or details from during right. when they were still filming that it was a lot of improv and comedy. Yes. Yeah. And and they guess they saw uh, you know an early cut and were like, holy shit, this is not what we wanted, so this they stopped used, it. Yeah. So like uh, maybe Batgirl has like weird tonal shifts, but. You're the, right. Like it was always frequent... supposed to be an HBO Max movie. It wasn't right. supposed to be a big screen movie. Right. And then meanwhile, Blue Beetle was supposed to be an HBO Max movie and is now going theatrical. So they must be stoked about that one. Um, so weird. Which also, and, and... I, I mean, I'm happy about that. I I love I love Jaime Reyes. Like I I love Blue Beetle. So I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what that is. But yeah, it's just what a whirlwind for the DCU. Yeah. It's it's. It's crazy, and I hope they're on track now. We'll we'll know in about three years. <laughs> <laughs> right, but uh, absolutely. it is it's exciting to be here at the start of it. Uh, yeah, you know this doesn't happen every day, right? I mean, the MCU yeah. got started. What was it? I don't know, twenty years ago now, <laughs> a million years ago. It seems like yeah, but honestly, only ten years. That's how long ago Man of Steel was. I feel like Todd McFarlane needs to like pull up his boots, you know, uh-huh. and like get out there and announce ten Spawn projects that are yeah. TVs, movies, and games, just to compete and get you know get his name out there because I feel like he's got a lot of talent. Malabolgia uh... versus Cygor, <laughs> Dawn of Clown. They could do like a Violator Kid show. That'd be cool. <laughs> wow! Well, yeah, I Violator mean... and Barney they team up. Hey, there's something. Moving on to our last bit of news. This was something I was very excited about. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to talk about it? Do you want to launch it? Want to yeah, it? yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, I saw this, I think this morning, uh, Vinegar Syndrome, this, uh, a, a company that specializes in bringing, uh, reissuing cult classic movies uh, and, and sort of lost cinema, has launched Vinegar Syndrome Publishing for comics and novelizations of cult films. Uh, they, this comes with them uh, acquiring uh, Ivan Press. Uh, so they're going to be putting out a... The first thing they're doing is a reissue of a comic book adaptation of Lucio Fulci's Zombie, which is a wow. splatter classic. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, they're, the idea is that they're going to be... They're going to be doing a ton of reissues of this catalog as well as new stuff coming up. And some of the movies that like, Vinegar Syndrome is sort of rescued from obscurity, includes stuff like New York Ninja, uh, Miami Connection, and they've also snapped up like cult classics that have been out of print for a long time, like stuff like Roadhouse or uh, Drop Dead Fred was one of their releases from last year. Oh, I remember that one. Yeah, Mm -hmm. so uh, I'm curious to see like what, you know, what they're going to be putting out in the future. Like they're, they're promising a lot of fun surprises. So like... Are we gonna get Roadhouse the novelization? Are we gonna get? Am I gonna get a Miami Connection comic book series? Like I, I'm very excited. Yeah, usually, usually they want us to go the other way, right? Comic first, then movie. Let's <laughs> sure. go back. Let's go back and revisit these films. That's a cool yeah. idea. Full Moon did the same thing like a couple years ago, where they started putting out, you know, like a like a Doll Man and Puppet Master comics and stuff like that. But once they like split from Action Lab and started self publishing. 
uh, apparently things got a lot you know easier for them. Uh, so this is really cool to see a to see a a company that I I really dig you know kind of putting out their own stuff. The idea that I can have a coffee table book maybe next year of yeah. like all of their cover art is very cool. Mm. Is it just me or does their logo remind you of James Bond? Oh, totally. I mean, there's yeah. another. I mean, I, I'm a I'm an easy mark, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, that's so funny. I didn't say it that I didn't say that because of that, but that's true. Uh-huh. That is a good point. You are a good mark on that one. But uh, no, I just I was like I'm sensing a Bond vibe with the with the lettering too. It's uh-huh. interesting. Some of their first uh, reissues involved were like old spy movies and stuff too, so that uh, totally attracts to me. Good vibe. Good vibe. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Cool. Vinegar Syndrome. I had that once. It sucked. <laughs> I got over it, though. It was a long weekend. Uh-huh. Moving on to our next segment, Top Books of the Week. We're going to talk about our top two favorite comics yeah. of this week. That's right. Nathan, what is your second favorite book of the week? I really <laughs> dug Avengers number... So I love it. Your favorite book? Uh, Avengers <laughs> number 65 by Jason Aaron and Javier Garon. Uh, this gets into the origin of Avenger Prime, the character that has brought the Avengers from various multiverses together to face the ultimate evil. Uh, I had a blast with this issue. Um, yeah. Spoilers. I guess if you don't, if you don't want to know, if you're not caught up, uh, skip ahead like a minute, but uh, yeah. It was already get... revealed a month ago or two right, weeks right. ago anyway. Yeah, uh, but go ahead. But it's it's uh yeah, it gets into this idea of a Loki who uh after going from universe to universe realizing the Avengers suck, like we're always going to stop him, uh decided to make sure the Avengers never existed in his universe, which unfortunately meant that nobody was there to stop all the supervillains that were going to arrive. <laughs> uh, right. So he became the greatest sorcerer in the multiverse. Uh, and eventually stopped all the bad guys, but it came at the cost of killing literally everyone in his universe. So since then, he has uh, dedicated himself to protecting the multiverse, and uh, it's it's a blast. I mean, it's such a cool concept that, you know, Loki could become the sole hero of his universe and still fail because the Prince of Lies is destined to just fuck everything up anyway. Um it really plays with these ideas of, of fate and what Loki's role is in the grand cosmos. And uh, I just, I don't know. It's a, it's a really good character study while also being big, wacky multiverse ending action. Totally. Yeah. And the art is just so epic and it's so cool scope and style. Uh, There is a, I mean, the book opens with uh, Thor having accidentally flown into the sun so Mjolnir like crashes into the earth and still has like a burnt charred hand on it. Like it's a bunch mm. of like crazy visuals and uh, I love it. I love it a lot. I reviewed this one for APT and yeah. uh, I, uh, as I was writing something that's so great about writing reviews is like, it gets you to think about it in different ways and a little yeah. deeper than you would have if you just read it and put it down. Uh-huh. And I realized by the time I ended the review, the saying you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain is reversed uh-huh. here. Yes. Isn't that awesome? It's I love so it. awesome. I love you either it. die a villain or live long enough to see yourself become the hero. And that's what this story is about. Mm-hmm. And like, as soon as I figured that out, I was like, oh shit, this is a really cool idea. Now I know a lot of people are upset. Like, ugh, Loki. Cause 
they were teasing for a couple issues or about a two months now. Who is Avenger Prime? Yeah, and some people are like, it's an overexposed character, but what what, guy, right. what, what character in an Avengers book is not <laughs> someone that you've seen a thousand times? Like, it's Rick fine. Jones. It's, Everyone it's wanted all... Rick Jones. But it's Jeeves. It's, it's an interesting story. Jarvis. Jarvis. <laughs> Ask Jarvis. Um, no, I, I, I think it's really clever. I think it's a, it's a good exploration of the character and what we expect of him. Uh, and then mm-hmm. extrapolates from there, how he could become a hero. Uh, and it still right, wouldn't right, be right. perfect because he's Loki. And the hero will save us. I'm so high. <laughs> I just, I like to set you up for, for a little bit of singing. there. <laughs> My second favorite book of the week was Batman Legends of Gotham number one by Andy Diggle and Carl Mostert. Uh-huh. Completely shocked by my pick when I was reading it. I was like, there was like six or seven very little DC books out last week because it was yeah, the last it was week a, of it January. Was a week. It was a lot of anthologies last week. Yes, it yeah. was, which, you know, they're, they're, they're tricky to get on our list just because, you mm-hmm. know, they're so long, but also I, because there's stories that you may not like. Except. Yeah, I will say the Harley Quinn uh, romance uh, special was very close to making my list. It was very fun. Nice. And the the Lazarus special uh, was very... I love that City Boy character. That's super cool. There's some really cool concepts in, in that, new, uh, that new Lazarus Planet special. If you like Red Hood, you'll probably like Batman Legends of Gotham. Uh-huh. Um, it, it's a really good done-in-one where we get to see him on this mission. It opens with him... In the Batcave, he's trying to get uh, information, and while Batman is uh, currently offline, essentially, mm-hmm. um, and he's worried that the data will get out there all uh, from the Batcave, and you know will be re- sold if not revealed by all the villains. Right. Meanwhile, the I- outsiders show up, and they're like, "Hey, what's up?" And then eventually they kind of team up. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, there's some interesting undercurrents here. Red Hood is still dealing with the loss of Alfred. Right. And he really, really wants to kill Bane. And Bane shows up in this book. Not a big spoiler. And <laughs> the dialogue by Diggle is so great. Bane loves to hear himself talk. Yes. He he talks with like, you know, this tone and intelligence that is yes. like, get over yourself, which is right. so cool and great. I love how he does it. Um, and the book just keeps going, go, going. There's all mm. these different scenes. They go to space at one point. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's just a great little adventure. And while the book kind of just ends uh, suddenly. It does, um, yeah. Uh, up until that moment, I was having the blast. And it does set up an interesting idea going forward yeah. with a character I won't name. But it is a Batman character. So, uh, also, Carl's art is great. It reminds me of Frank Quietly. And actually, mm-hmm. I was Googling to see. And he's on record saying he loves Frank Quietly. And oh, yeah. Him I can see bit, that. So. And, and you're um, totally right about the, the characterization of Bane. Like, what people forget about him... Uh, is that he's essentially he's a Bond villain, right? He's, he yes, just happens yes. to look like a fucking luchador, but he's like, right? He's he is fully like monologuing. He's Blofeld with a with a gift yeah. mask, and it rules. <laughs> and he is really smart. Like he's yes. his his intelligence is actually more powerful than his, his truly muscles. a super villain, right? So when you're depicted as just like a crazy muscle man, I know yeah, it's a bummer. It's kind of... You lose a lot. Exactly. Yeah. But we definitely won't lose anything with your top pick of the week. No, I really loved Miles Morales' Spider-Man number three by Cody Ziegler and Federico Vicentini. Um, this issue delivers the origin story for Rabble, the the, the new villain that uh, this team has introduced to the book. And um, it's, uh, it, you know, Cody talked about this a little bit uh, a month or so ago, whenever we had our 200th episode. But it, it gets into the idea that, like, 
you know, we, we, we turned these, these gifted kids futures into a lottery, right? Like, and so, and it's something we, you know, they, they, we've touched on in previous issues where miles feels like he hasn't earned his spot at the Academy because he doesn't, you know, he, he, he won, he literally won a drawing to, to attend <laughs> this school. And so what does that mean for all of these other kids who missed out, right? Like kids yeah. who deserve it and can't afford it, or they just were born under the, you know, circumstances where society just kind of left them behind uh, it plays with these ideas. Of, uh, it explores these ideas of privilege, and 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 just feeling beat down by the system. Meanwhile, uh, Vicentini also gets to draw some fantastic action with Misty Knight Miles uh, fighting against the Scorpion, who's gotten an upgrade. Um, it's just really good superhero comics with uh, with you know that that is that are still exploring social issues in a, in a really really profound way. Yeah, totally. Oh, God, there's a reason why the artist was my favorite artist last year. Like, uh huh, so good. Like, th- and he's pretty the, early in his career here. He's yes. gonna be freaking lighting it up. And there's he's gonna at be least doing an event in a couple years. There's at least like three pages per issue of Miles where I say, "Holy shit!" Like, I just yeah, can't yeah, believe yeah. the the like the kinetic energy, the 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 like the sense of motion in these fight sequences is just so cool. Very cool. Yeah. Awesome. I'm so glad Miles Morales has such a great creative team right now. Oh, I mean, not man. that it didn't yeah. before, but totally. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm, I'm really loving this run so far and it feels, it feels super honest and grounded for a book that, you know, features, like I said, Misty Knight and Spider-Man fighting against <laughs> the Scorpion. <laughs> right. I also Speaking... just, I, I love yeah. that, that there's never, people don't call him the other Spider-Man anymore. Oh right? yeah. True. Like, yeah. There, it, like, or, you know, people don't call him, like, Kid Spider-Man or whatever. Like, there's just been, like, sort of a, a sort of dismissive vibe from the Marvel Universe at large about Miles sometimes. And mm-hmm. the fact that this is just, this is his fucking book. This is his fucking hood. And he's he's fine telling people, you know, like, I'm, I'm here to stay. Which he should, because he's, you know, this character's been around for a decade. Like, let's stop acting like he's the new kid in town. Totally, yeah, and I he's growing it. up too. He yeah. he's 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 older than he when he started. Yes, absolutely. Which is nice. Which is nice. It was Speaking also of very, grounded. very nice. Oh yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to do it a third time. Keep going. Keep going. Oh, I was just gonna say, I there is a moment though where he does refer to Peter as the other Spider Man, and it made me laugh. Oh really? Oh, I like yeah. that. That's nice. Reminds me of a conversation I had with someone at a bar and uh, after a long day at STCC a couple years uh-huh. ago and. We had the greatest conversation for like 40 minutes. Then all of a sudden he started to go into this whole, why does Marvel have to uh, make Spider-Man black? What? Blah, 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 blah. Oh, come on, This man. stupid argument. And I'm like, but he's not. He's a different character. And he's like, no, no, they made him black. I'm like, no, no, you're wrong. You're wrong right there. Oh, so weird. <laughs> anyway, People... speaking of grounded characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. How, how are you? How does that apply to this book? <laughs> Where Monsters Lie, number one, by Kyle Starks and Peter... Kowalski was yeah. my favorite book of the week. I actually got to read it a couple weeks ago uh-huh. um, and was blown away by the characterization, the art, the concept is really where it's at. The premise There's is truly so nothing like it right now. Uh, I just think this could be a TV show. This could be a movie or whatever. But uh, sure. basically, we open on some kids running from a house. Uh, they were kidnapped and they escaped. 
and they run to a little old lady's house next door and they're asking for help and she mm-hmm. takes her knitting needle and sticks it up through his neck through his eye yeah and other kids the eye two, out. <laughs> two of the other three kids start running away and they run into a woman with a puppet that has a knife in its hand. Uh-huh. <laughs> they are clearly this is on how the it wrong streets. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> the book really uh, shines though when we get to see all of these killers. Essentially yeah. there are these murderers of, of of different sorts that you've probably seen in movies. Like there's yeah. a guy who does like traps, so he's probably like Saw, and there's a clown yeah. murderer, and there's a person with a puppet, like I said. There's a anyway, very Jason Voorhees kind of like bruiser. Yes. Yeah. There's a character called the fuck master. <laughs> so these people live on the same street in like a gated community, uh-huh. n- not necessarily to protect others, but because this is where you go when you're kind of like meeting, reaching the end of your career of killing, uh-huh. I guess. But also th- there's an yeah. implication that it's where they lie low between adventures, right? right? Like the idea that <laughs> like at the end of, at the end of each you know, slasher movie, the the killer's body disappears. And this old lady says, she's like, you know, we're the ones who pull you away from the crime scene before the cops appear, you know? Right, right. I love it. They're just, it's so awkward and straight. It's so Kyle, how he writes too. Yes. It really shines totally. through. The, the art has, it's, it's cartooning. I mean, it's, the detailing is so great. Uh-huh. And the violence is good. There isn't a ton of violence necessarily, but right. the it, it's, weirdness yeah. It's how weird these freaks are. <laughs> and yeah. they come off as honest to God like people. They're not like just evil for evil's sake. I mean, they are evil. They're killers. But they also just have like ordinary behaviors like regular people. Well, and they're like they're like making a chore chart, which is essentially like who's <laughs> taking Friday the 13th this, this year? Which one of you is going right. to, you know, who's going to clean up this part of the town? Or, uh, you know, can I change up my gimmick? I thought I'd bring a fire, a flamethrower this week, you know, which right. is a really funny sequence. It really is really funny. Yeah. yeah. So the premise alone had me at hello. And it does end on a cliffhanger where I was very surprised. The plot progression looks like it's going to be moving quickly because yes. yeah. things are going to shake up quite a bit. And we just got there to this little town, this little uh, cul-de-sac area. Uh-huh. But uh, yeah, I'm 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 psyched for more of this, and maybe we should have Kyle on again to talk about it. Yeah, that'd be a blast. I I was so pleasantly surprised by this book because uh, it's it seems like a concept that could so easily be just kind of gross and weird for weirdness' sake, and it it right. it totally works. Yeah, it looks at it looks like these killers in a, in a unique light. Uh huh. Moving on to standout. Kapow! Moment of the week. Is that Batman? I think I heard Batman. Hey, <laughs> hey guys. You, you, oh, it's my favorite where part of the show. are they? Where are your cabal moments? Where are the drugs going? <laughs> this is where we talk about our favorite panel or page uh-huh. so that we can just talk about something else that's good that's right. this week. But um, basically. And uh, my favorite panel, or actually uh-huh. it was a full page splash, comes from Silver Surfer Ghost Light Number 1 by John Jennings and Valentin de Londro. Mm-hmm. It's the cliffhanger to this issue. So if you go to amptcomics.com, go to this podcast post, you will be yeah. spoiled if you look at this. But... Uh, <laughs> It's a moment where Silver Surfer comes upon two children who have uh, encountered something crazy, and uh-huh. he was literally hurtling towards Earth in an excellent page where we see how fast he can move as he's hurtling towards Earth. It's like a just a ball in the sky or mm-hmm. in space, and then all of a sudden he's there, and he says, "Who dares disturb the final resting place of Al Harper, hero and trusted friend of the Silver Surfer?" Like, I don't know. It, the The whole book is very good at feeling grounded and realistic, yes. and uh-huh. 
human beings living in a world where there are incredible things like Doctor Strange might have put a hex on a town where everyone forgot <laughs> everything. We find uh-huh. out. And this moment in particular feels like, wow, if Silver Surfer came out of the sky, what would it be like? And I think it, it captures that amazement. It's almost like Spielbergian, right? Like it feels mm. like this little town is just suddenly disrupted. And this is such a, a, a moment of awe in the book. It's a, it's, a great, right. it's a great way to end the book. Yeah, the tone of the book is so unique. It's, uh, it's definitely worth picking up just to check that out alone. Definitely. What was your favorite moment of the week? I really loved a moment from The Scarlet Witch, uh, number two, by Steve Orlando, Stephanie Williams, Sarah Pacelli, Chris Allen. Uh, there's a great backup, by the way, uh, with Storm and, yeah. and Wanda that is just so cool. But in the main story, uh, the main story kind of almost functions as a sequel to the Vision miniseries. Um, Viv Vision has been having nightmares, so Wanda goes into her dreamscape to figure out what's going on. And she comes to this city inside of Viv's mind that is modeled after her family. And we have these sort of almost siren head looking, coax cable head looking things walking around in the foreground. But the thing that really got me about this page and, and about this issue in general is how it plays with sort of dream logic and dream construction. And I love this moment when Wanda bends down, grabs the, the concrete street, and pulls <laughs> it up like it's a blanket. And then yeah. the next page, they're in a different area. It's just, it's really cool. It's really inventive. And uh, y'all, please go check out this series. I'm, I'm, I'm two issues in, and I love it so much. It's such a good character drama. It's so well yes. written. We're going to have Steve on the show in a few weeks. We'll yeah, talk all about wait. it. Yeah. Next up, top books for next week. We talk about yep. our most anticipated comic out next week. Me, 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 me. I'll go. Okay, all right, fine. Put your hand <laughs> down. Go ahead. Okay, all right. Uh, I am so excited for um, Poison Ivy number nine by G. Willow Wilson and Marcio Takara. Uh, this uh, issue finally brings Harley in the flesh into the story, which has been such a, you know, she's sort of been this... Uh, angel on ivy's shoulder in a lot of ways and when ivy's been doing these terrible things she really considers how it would affect harley um and so to finally have these two together in this story i i just i i can't imagine a a better way to sort of tee up the ending of this book Um, totally and uh also just very much very happy to see the um the uh da, 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 what the heck was I gonna say? Um, the solicit for this has a very uh happy kind of happy go lucky tone, which kind of reminds me of the uh the, the the solicits that Stephanie Phillips write has been writing for Harley Quinn for a while. Nice, yeah, yeah. This so series I, has been I, a delight. I, I'm yeah. This is it's an incredible series, and I'm looking forward to. Uh, Pamela having a moment of happiness for once. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, she deserves it. She does. Uh, I'm anticipating Storm and the Brotherhood of Mutants number one. Yes. This is spinning out of Sins of Sinister, of course. Mm -hmm. It's one of the three tie-ins. And essentially, so uh, if you don't know Sins of Sinister, Mr. Sinister has totally messed everything up. And uh, Uh Storm was one of the only heroes to get Mm -hmm. out of of this unscathed. I mean, Mm -hmm. he literally killed Scarlet Witch. He killed the Avengers. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. This is all mm-hmm. in canon, by the way. I don't know how they're going to reverse it, but uh, <laughs> sure. They they very heavily point out Storm is like the one thing that could really take him down, and yeah. he's like, eh, I'll do it another day, uh-huh. and you know that's going to be his downfall eventually. So I'm particularly excited about this three issue series because mm-hmm. I'm sure it'll lead to his downfall. Um, 
the solicit talks a little bit about how Mars has been destroyed and Storm and the Brotherhood of Araco is actually mm-hmm. the name it's going to be going with. But the title is different, of course, for sales reasons. Sure. They're going to go and maybe even kill Earth in retaliation. Uh, it's also going to introduce a new mutant called Iron Fire. So I'm, I'm curious what that'll be like. Nice. Obviously, this is leaning into the whole alternate future, alternate dimension kind of X-Men stuff. So yeah. We'll see how much this sticks, but I don't know. It I think wild. it'll be fun. Yeah, it looks like a fun time for sure. Oh, show. <laughs> In our next segment, judging by the cover, Junior. <laughs> we're going to get better at that. We're going to oh, harmonize. Absolutely, we're going to get better at There's going to be a week where we do it, and we just harmonize for five minutes straight. <laughs> Call yeah, it just becomes like a brown note. There you go. Um, I am I love the cover to Alien Number 6 Yeah, by, uh, James Heron. This cover is really cool because I think it's telling a bit of a story. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, it has an alien sitting or standing on a sa- one of those sa- those egg sack things. Yeah, what do they call them Doesn't matter. eggs. And there's there's a face hugger <clears throat> kind of crawling up one and below it, and it's almost like they're about to touch fingers. Yeah, like Ooh. there's a connection here, and it may. Me, uh, I'm looking at this cover. I'm like, oh, it's so well designed. It's uh-huh. um, it's got a cool like effect where the, like there's like little sprays of blue. Yeah, uh, the use of red is neat. It's kind of di- like evil looking, but also it's like romantic or or there's a love here. There's a sweetness there somehow. Yeah, yeah it's wild. And then I realized, have we ever seen an alien and a uh, a facehugger interact at all? I don't think uh, so. I think so. Well, maybe, but I, I I think it's more just like it's the first time I've ever seen a shred of humanity in one of these things. Yeah, if yeah. a facehugger got on an alien, what would happen? Uh, double alien. <laughs> double rainbow double, all the way double alien all the way what is what it is uh, your favorite cover out next week uh i really dig the cover art for daredevil number eight this is the variant cover by uh, elena casagrande who's one of marvel's Stormbreakers. um and this is oh my god uh, isn't this so cool <laughs> last week i picked one of these pim particle uh covers yeah those are great so i <laughs> This is good. Next week we have to do one as well, just so we can keep up the, the record. <laughs> People being little. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it's Daredevil's baton shooting through the air while he's standing on it, <laughs> riding it. And That's meanwhile, uh, also Daredevil, Electra, uh, is standing on one of her sides falling down. Uh, it's just a, it's a cool image. It's a neat concept. I don't, I doubt that it's literal, but uh, that's, yeah. it's just a good, it's a good cover. Yeah, last week, uh, Chris, uh, you know, who filled in for you for a little bit, yeah. he was like, what's the, I, I picked the Venom cover where he was killing the rat, the pizza rat. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. And he was like, what's the story here? Why would Venom want to shrink down to kill the pizza rat? Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's a yeah. story. <laughs> I love, I love non-literal covers. I really do. It's pretty fun. In our last segment, Off Topic Top Shelf, we're going to talk about our most favoritest thing right now that's not comics related so we can yeah. chat about one more thing yeah to fill your ear holes fill what them up talk, what you want to talk about dave <laughs> well i think we've both really been enjoying the last of us the new yes. hbo max show based uh-huh. on a book that was based on a newspaper article based <laughs> on historical fact uh you know I, I i rewatched the first fast and the furious this year uh or last year yeah. for <laughs> uh, silver linings playlist and totally forgot that there's a based on an article in the in the opening credits really interesting yes it's fantastic but uh yeah no the last of us holy shit um 
Yeah, I mean, I can't get over the fact that there is a prestige HBO drama based on a video game. Uh, that works. And that I have, I have cried so much at it as someone who has... The Last of Us is my favorite video game of all time. Uh, my, It's one of my favorite mm. stories, honestly, like in any medium. So like deeply the fact moving. that it is... Huh? Deeply moving. It's it's deeply moving. It's deeply involving. And the fact that they are somehow able to translate that to screen while, you know, not having that crucial element of player agency is just really incredible. It is. It really is. And it's also exciting to see that it's not following the sh- uh, the game like scene for scene, right? right. There, there are moments uh, for sure where I'm like in the first episode, I was like, I can't believe I'm watching them literally crawl through that tunnel, like from the game. It's it's wild. <laughs> I just, honestly, when I found out the spores aren't going to be a thing in the show, uh-huh. I got a little upset because I those uh, those um, levels where you have to go through a building yes. while wearing a mask. Uh, and those were so well done, and and we're not going to get that, I guess. But there is a really interesting conversation with Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin, the the showrunners, where they are talking about how spores made a lot of sense for a a, a video game. And then you have a, you know, this adaptation is coming out uh, in a world where we've all been through a pandemic at this point, right? And we're still right, right. Uh, we're still going through it. And like the the idea that anything airborne wouldn't be everywhere is silly. So it's <laughs> like it's like once you once you throw that out, we had to get more creative on how this thing spreads, uh, right. which opened up new storytelling and new visual possibilities. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, you're absolutely right. The way that this show has found ways to, um, build upon the source material while not losing what made it special and while not, uh, getting distracted uh, and kind of losing the thread is, is really, really unbelievable. I mean, it's like you, you mentioned, you were like, if this was, if this was on AMC, Joel would have spent four episodes trying to find a battery for the car. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been stretched out. And instead they're, they're clearly okay with moving the, pl- the plot along. Yes. Uh, and not like missing out on extra seasons. Like they're doing it justice and doing the characters in the world right. justice, which I think is very obvious with the characters, Bill and Frank in the last week's episode. Oh man. And I yeah. gotta tell you, I cried like a baby watching that episode. I mean, full on out loud sobbing on the couch watching that episode. And it's, uh, it's, it's, it's one of my favorite. Ep- I mean, I, I know this sounds like hyperbole. I watch a lot of television. It's one of my <laughs> favorite episodes of TV I've ever seen. I, it's yeah. so emotionally effective. I, you know, I don't want to get into spoilers here for people who haven't seen it, but it, it, it is this, it's a perfect love story. It is a story about how, look, I, I talked a couple weeks ago about how much I love that interstellar is about how love is bigger than space. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I remember <laughs> and that. the last of us love is bigger than the apocalypse. Like I, they, they win, man, they get to live out their lives. It's just, it's, I, I mean, again, I'm trying to tread very carefully and not spoil it, but it, it's a it's a masterfully written, directed, acted piece of television uh, that I I'm I'm going to be revisiting this weekend because I'm watching it with my girlfriend now, and so uh, nice, ready to cry again. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting because it's like it's still sad. It's still it still hits that that feeling oh, sure. of like the world is screwed in this world and. You know, and other another circumstances, maybe it wouldn't have went that way. But right. at the same time, juxtaposed with 
this horrible isolation and threat mm-hmm. uh, from not only these mushroom zombies, but also mm-hmm. people, you can find a little light and find some love. There's hope. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, and and I, yeah. It, it's Go stories ahead. like this that like remind us why we watch TV, why we read comics. Why there's why we create fiction, why we create stories. I mean, it's it feels so new and yet so true at the same time. It it's it's uh yeah. I it's it's great. It's a great show and I I can't wait to see where it goes. I have a feeling just based on some of the clips we've seen in like previews of the rest of the season that we are going to cover indeed the entirety of the first game in the season. So uh, I'm Oof, I'm ready to get punched in the gut over and over again. This <laughs> <laughs> How many episodes is it? Is it eight? Uh, eight, I believe. Or yeah. Uh, eight That's or so ten. so few. Yeah. Yeah. Even that, it's it's so few. God, I remember when I was growing up in the 90s, every show had like 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It's I so mean, absurd. during the pandemic, I rewatched most of the X-Files and just could not believe, or like during lockdown, and I was like, I could not believe that there was like fucking... 25 episodes for a first season of a show that's right you know, on Fox. Like a now new we're network. finding out like there are shows that were greenlit and they don't even get made. Like they're like canceled before, even though they're supposed to be started or um, that aren't given time to find an audience. I mean the, la- the, uh, the let the right one in television series premiered four months ago. Uh, Showtime canceled it yesterday as we're recording this and that afternoon removed it from the streaming service. So it just doesn't exist anymore. That's so weird. That's wild to me. Yeah. I saw uh, Peacock removed um, Peele's, Jordan Peele's um, Twilight Twilight Zone. Zone. Yeah. Yeah. And it made me like, I immediately was like, oh, I kind of want to watch that. Wait, I don't have anywhere to watch that. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah, I don't even, I'm not sure if it's on physical, but yeah, invest in physical media. I mean, folks, uh, you know, this week PlayStation announced that they're removing the, the PlayStation plus collection, which has like been available, like as an incentive for people to buy a PS five and, and sign up for PlayStation plus, you get these like 19 classic games, uh, from the PS four era and in PS five games. And like, that's just not going to be available anymore soon. I mean, Granted, you can still buy those, but yeah, it's just streaming is so ephemeral uh, yeah. that it, it's, yeah, it's daunting. And it makes me bring glad back the TiVos, bring it back. It makes me glad that this show is like that. The Last of Us is doing so well. It's already been renewed for a second season. And uh, yeah, I, I'm so I feel so lucky to get to because my 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 partner is not a gamer. Um, and I feel very lucky to be able to share this story with her, like, in a in a medium nice. that she's excited to take in. I feel like, it, you know, as The Last of Us continues to impress everyone, maybe someone uh-huh. out there could be like, hey, what about Uncharted? We could make an Uncharted show that's good. Sure. Because I, I say that because The Last of Us and Uncharted, they were both two games that, like, I highly, like, enjoyed playing. Same developer for, as well. Yeah. But that probably won't happen. We are going to get a lot more <laughs> Tomb Raider, though. Did you see that multi-million-dollar yeah. deal? Yeah, oh, very. Is Tomb Raider worth six hundred million dollars? I guess Amazon. Se- thinks yeah, so. that seems wild. That's the <laughs> that hasn't. I don't think that number that figure has been like confirmed, but it sure seems accurate. Yeah. What did uh, Star Wars cost? Uh, was it something like a one point something billion, or was it? More I think than so. That? Yeah, but it's so strange because like Netflix was working on a Tomb Raider cartoon series starring Haley Atwill. So like, has that just been thrown out? Like, what what's huh. going on with that? So weird. 
Well, hopefully uh, future video game game companies or those uh-huh. who are adapting them anyway will look at The Last of Us and go, huh, there That's is a way you could do this. Yeah, 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 totally. Well, thank you so much for listening. Like, subscribe, tell your friends. It's really important if you do if and you know if you don't feel like it that's okay too because you know we're just here to have fun anyway but it would be nice if you want to if you want to leave us a review (laughs) and five stars and uh tell us your favorite comic books uh yeah oh tell us and and, like tell us who we should reach out to to have on the show you know we're we're in the process of booking guests for the year and and it would be really nice to find out uh what our you know what our listeners are really into right now Mm, yeah we could flesh anything out indie we could get george lucas on here i don't <laughs> no, care I don't know about that we're gonna get we're gonna get taylor swift we're gonna we might be able to get like the, the george lucas talk show on here i you know probably not that either <laughs> oh, george lucas's cousin's brother's roommate yeah which makes us absolutely nothing <laughs> <laughs>